Hello and welcome to Bright Wings, children's books to make the heart soar. I am your host, Charity Hill. The purpose of this conversation is to help mothers and fathers identify books that will liberate their children to embrace truth, goodness, and beauty. I'm reviewing The Midwife's Apprentice by Karen Cushman. It's the winner of the 1996 Newbery Medal. What's remarkable about this book is that the action of the protagonist is really action that is responding to the great questions. Who am I? Where have I come from? Where am I going? It's set in the Middle Ages, and the language is unusual and intriguing with different medieval turns of phrase, different sentence structure. Karen Kutchman does a great job of showing us what a different sort of world it, it was in the way that she uses language. It helps us to see the world as Karen Cushman sees it, at least. It helps us to see the Middle Ages in the way she does. Also, Cushman uses so much sensory imagery. She really creates a world that's earthy and gritty. We can almost smell the smoky fires. We can almost smell the dung heap, the herbs. The book opens with the protagonist's very lowest point in life, at least the lowest point in her life that we know of, that we have access to. When the story opens, we meet an orphaned, homeless girl who's just been found in a dung heap because it was warm by the village midwife Jane. Out of a bit of pity mixed with a large dose of self-interest, the midwife takes Jane home and Jane works for the midwife in exchange for food and lodging. The child who'd only known herself by the name Brat is named Beetle, as in Dung Beetle by the midwife. Beetle develops much more regular life, much more regular eating. She's developing her talents and her mind by working for the midwife, midwife Jane. Beetle calls midwife Jane, Jane Sharp, because... She has such sharp looks and a sharp tongue. Jane is described as having strong hands and clean fingernails that she uses with energy and some skill, but she practices without care, compassion, or joy. She also hides her skills from Beetle, skills of how to change a baby's position, what herbs to use and when, giving Beetle all the fetch and carry kinds of jobs. She has a derogatory and exclusionary attitude towards Beetle. Once when the midwife is busy, she helps the bailiff's wife give birth. Because of this success, a relative of the bailiff's wife asks, instead of for Jane, she asks to be cared for during birth by Beetle. This, of course, infuriates the midwife Jane. When Beetle not very confidently tries to assist this woman, there's a bit of a disaster. Then the midwife steps in and puts things to rights, helping the woman finally give birth. So this woman, the miller's wife, and this disastrous failure wreck the budding confidence and self-image of, of Beetle. At this point, she's renamed herself Alice. So she's gone from brat to Beetle to Alice until this scene where she runs away feeling like a nothing and a nobody and a failure. She takes refuge at an inn where she uses her two strong hands and trading her labor for bread and a bed. Wife says to her, Oshkins, Boshkins, chickadee, Janet said the next day to Alice, you're such a help to me that I would have you stay on a while. Alice had nowhere to go, so she stayed, grateful that she had found work she was not too stupid to do, even if it was only scouring the tables with river sand or skinning an eel for a pie. At the inn, she encounters a man named Master Reese, who is compiling a great book of knowledge. He's the first man she's ever seen who can write and read. At first, he only teaches her cat to read, but Alice is a faster learner than the cat. When Master Reese ponders aloud what to do next and where to go to collect knowledge, 
He says, what do I want to do to Alice who's sweeping? And she, and then he says, pointing to her, and what in girl do you want? A half day later, she responds to him saying, I know what I want, a full belly, a contented heart, and a place in this world. When a boy from her village stops by the inn to deliver wood and she confesses she left because she was too stupid to be a midwife's apprentice, he negates that. Just because you don't know everything don't mean you don't know nothing. Even Jane the midwife herself don't know everything, though she thinks she do. And sometime after that, we wonder if it's coincidental. Midwife Jane herself comes and has a beer at the inn and shares what she knows with Master Reese, who's compiling knowledge. The midwife pretends that she doesn't see Jane and tells Master Reese that perhaps Alice's departure was for the best because she gave up, because Alice gave up. I need an apprentice who can do what I tell her, take what I give her, and who can try and risk and fail and try again and not give up. Babies don't stop their borning because the midwife gives up. With these different voices, voices of success and failure ringing in Alice's ears, Alice takes courage and assists a mother at the inn to give birth. She overcomes her old failure in a, in a similar situation, in a situation of difficulty. Alice perseveres where she in the past had retreated. Same situation, but a new outcome. So there's a reversal of fortunes again for Alice. At the end of the story, Alice is offered a place with the rich merchant and the wife whom Alice helped. Magister Reese has invited her to be employed caring for his older sister, all this in addition to her place at the inn. But Alice wants yet a different thing. She reflects, from someone with no place in the world, she'd suddenly become someone with a surfeit of places. She wants to return to midwife Jane Sharp. She goes to her door. She's turned away and rejected. And in the final pages of the book, she finally triumphs, marches back to the midwife's door and knocks firmly. Jane Sharp, it is I, Alice, your apprentice. I've come back. And if you do not let me in, I will try again and again. I can do what you tell me and take what you give me. And I know how to try and risk and fail and try again and not give up. I will not go away. And the door opens and Alice goes in. Can I tell you, there is so much about this book that I want to like. I love its setting. I love midwifery. I love the idea of midwifery in the Middle Ages being part of the story. I love that Alice's action is driven as an, forward as an answer to the question, who am I? She comes into the book almost with no identity, not really having a name. Quest is to find her place, her place in the world, a place to be known, a place to belong, a place where there is work to do, where she matters, where she can contribute. Where have I come from? Where am I going? So I've praised the book and I've done some summary. This is the analysis portion. I want to like this book, but I just find it really dark, crude, and really ugly. And I'm sorry, I know I have friends that like this book, I think. Everyone's relationship to Alice is so ugly and cruel. This isn't the Middle Ages. This is the Dark Ages. We're looking on the characters as outsiders. We're looking on them as aliens. As much as Karen Cushman has created another world, she's done a good job creating a world where everything is alien to the viewer. We're not looking on them sympathetically. It's not a sympathetic view of the Middle Ages. As fascinating a view as it is, we don't smell of wood smoke when we read this book like they did in B.O. We don't have mutton stuck in our teeth. We're not unwashed like they are. It's fascinating, but it's it's totally unsympathetic. I don't like how ugly it is. I don't like the language that they use towards one another. Even people in the village who are friends with each other 
say and do ugly, awful things to each other. I find the book extremely burdening up until the last quarter of it. When Alice rebounds from her failure and regains her identity, it's awesome. But for me, it wasn't worth it. It doesn't make the book worth it. It doesn't make the, all the preceding ugliness um, okay. As an adult, I can read it, but I really wouldn't hand it over to my 10-year-old. I might hand it over to my 12-year-old as part of a conversation about how people can sometimes think of the Middle Ages as Dark Ages. But even then, I might hesitate. One thing I'm very careful about is how my daughters, how all my children, but especially my daughters, view pregnancy and childbirth. I'm very, very careful about the messages that they receive about the positivity or negativity of those experiences. Because I know as a woman who has undergone these experiences, I am very aware of the, the messaging that informs my own experience and my own concept of what I'm capable of. I'm aware of the messages that I heard at an early age that told me whether the, that birth and, the, and laboring and the sights and smells and activities associated with it were good or bad or beautiful or ugly or strong or whatever. The midwife uses some pretty negative, ugly, violent language towards laboring mothers sometimes. Jane Sharp bellows at a mother who's laboring in a field, push you cow, if an animal can do it, you can do it. And I just don't want that kind of messaging in their imaginations. I certainly wouldn't want it to be their first uh, fictional narrative about birth to be this story. In particular, there's a hideous scene the one where Alice fails to help the mother, where the Miller, the, I think it's the Miller's wife, and it just has wicked language and violence. We're talking the laboring mother throws a full chamber pot at Alice. Now, there is an author's note that gives us further information about midwifery and the Middle Ages. She goes back and talks about what midwives did at that point that is valid, the herbs that they used that did, in fact, work. And she gives a little bit of information about what was superstitious. I just wish more of that positivity had made its way into the text of the novel. I'm not really sure, though I think the author probably does respect midwifery. I'm not sure that the tone of the book actually conveys respect for midwives or mothers or labor, apart from a few scattered passages. My book is labeled 12 and Up. This is one of those books that it seems to me that it's written by an adult, really for adults. And it happens to somehow be marketed as a kid's book because it's a quote-unquote coming-of-age story. <sighs> I don't know. I want to like the book, but I just find it tremendously ugly. One of our criteria is beauty, right? Truth, goodness, and beauty. Beauty isn't saccharine. Beauty isn't sappy. I don't want something sentimental, but I don't want something ugly. I'm trying to figure out why I think it's so ugly. I think it's because Cushman creates this whole world, but we're aliens to it. We stand outside of it and with the sights and sounds and language and relationship in it kind of affront us. And it seems to me that she intends it to be so. And therefore, it feels kind of violent. One of my habitual ways to read is to identify with the main character, to identify with the protagonist. When I read, I enter into a sympathetic relationship, usually with the main character. I trust them and I undergo their experience with them. And frankly, I think that's how kids read too. Maybe I find the book ugly because I'm experiencing the desperation and alienation that Brat slash Beetle slash Alice is experiencing. So the way she stages the book is quite intense. So at the end, when Alice achieves what she desires, a full belly, a contented heart, and a place in the world, I'm really glad. In fact, I'm really relieved. But as a reader, I just couldn't shake the heavy feeling the first two thirds of the book gave me. And given my concerns that 
birthing and pregnancy be shrouded with positivity and empowerment, this is not the book that I'm going to hand to my daughters. I hope my strong opinions have helped you to decide whether Karen Cushman's The Midwife's Apprentice is a book worth reading. With audacity and temerity, I dedicate this book review to Rachel Mateer, Mary Grace Alice, and Lisa Album.